0: Good morning. Isn't God so good? Are you enjoying your walk with the Lord? Is it easy? Is your walk with the Lord easy? For honest, it's not always easy. And so today, as we come into part three of the sermon series, Swim, See What It Means to leave the safety of the shore, which is a representation really of the world and doing it in our own strength and entering the uncertain waters of trusting God. It's not easy to give up the control. It's not easy to look to someone else, anyone else, and say, I believe that you are there, that you love me, That you have a plan for my life, and so I will look to you. Life with the Lord is a journey of faith. And as time goes on in life, and as you've spent time with the Lord, faith becomes much easier. But it's still a battle. Because Satan is real. And whenever we experience a victory or a success in the Lord, Satan is lurking close by to do something in our lives, some situation, something that causes fear, scares us, so that we'll divert our attention and take our eyes off of Jesus. I know it's true for you because I know it's true for me. Because that is what we call the faith walk. Paul encourages us throughout his writings, keep in step with the Spirit. So this morning, as we come to part three, I just remind you that part one was suiting up. If we're going to be successful... In our relationship with God and putting faith in Him, we have to put on the spiritual garment. We have to wear garments like the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace needs to live deep within our hearts, the shield of faith that extinguishes the flaming arrows shot by the evil one to hurt you. We have to pick up God's Word, which is the sword of the Spirit. We have to wear with humble boldness the helmet of salvation. And we have to have the prayer garment. And without suiting up and wearing the garments that God has given us, there is not a one of us that can stand strong. Because stand... To stand strong in God's mighty strength is to trust God, obey His Word, and put on the full armor of God. And part two was really an extension of part one to say we have to get our feet wet. And that was a metaphor for saying that we've got to step out in faith. We've got to hear the voice of God calling. And we've got to respond to that voice by opening the door and inviting Him in. And Jesus says, I will fellowship with you. So we suit up. We get our feet wet. And like Peter We step out of the boat and we begin to walk on water. But then Satan intervenes, we see the waves, we take our eyes like Peter off the Lord and we begin to sink. But thank God, your Savior, your Messiah that has promised you that He will never leave you, reaches out, takes hold of Peter and lifts him up. How blessed we are to have a Savior like Jesus Christ who understands how weak we are, how frail we are, that even when we look away, He reaches out and takes hold. Amen? Well, today in part three. This title is Swimming in Murky Waters. And it's a metaphor, again, for trusting the Lord even when you can't see the way clearly. Trusting the Lord even though you cannot see the way clearly. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is Job 13 verse 15. Job has lost everything and has loved the Lord in ways that most of us may never know. He's lost his kids. He's lost his empire. His wife has turned on him. And in his mind at this point he believes his God has turned on him, and now he's lost his health, and sick, probably dying. And in Job thirteen, fifteen, in all of that confusion, Job says, Though you slay me, yet Will I trust in you? Do we understand the incredible statement of faith that is? I don't understand what's going on, God. I think you're the one that's doing this to me. But even if you kill me, I'm going to go to my grave trusting you. That's where we want to be. That's the life we want to live in honor to our God. That's the way that we stand strong in His mighty strength. Even when things are unclear, we trust in Him. We had this verse to read for our call to worship. Now I want you to look at it with me. For now we see in a mirror dimly, But then, face to face. This really is where this metaphor for swimming in murky waters comes from. Because no matter what, the fact is, when you wear your goggles and you jump in most lakes, all the goggle does is protect your eyes and allow you to see what you absolutely can't see. You can see what you can't see even more clearly than what you could without goggles. Green, brown, murky, mossy, weedy. What the Apostle Paul does here in 1 Corinthians 13 as he talks about faith and love, he says, Even if this was true, that you were able to prophesy and fathom great mysteries but didn't have love, you're nothing. If you can speak in the tongues of angels and men but you do not have the Christian love, you are nothing. If you give all that you have to the poor but you don't have love, you are nothing. If you surrender and sacrifice your body to the flames and don't have love, you are nothing. Which may give us an insight that it is possible to do things externally and yet not have the right interior inner motives. Paul's point is the love of God, the love of Christ, our Christian love in reference to Him and those around us, if we don't have that, we are nothing. Love is everything. We have hope in this world. We have hope, but when He comes, we won't have hope. We have faith in this world, but when He returns and we're with Him, it won't be the same kind of faith because we'll see him face to face says paul and love is what will remain but he says in verse 12 and i know this is verse 2 up here but this is verse 12 for now we see in a mirror dimly this word dimly in your bibles is where we get our word enigma. The word enigma means a puzzle, something that is mysterious, something that is unclear. And this word mirror is referring to a polished piece of metal and and we can picture that in the first century, this polished piece of metal that people would look into to get a reflection of themselves but they could only see in a puzzling unclear way their reflection and that's what Paul is comparing this life of faith to against when he returns and we're with him in the heavenly realms so you see A life of faith is a life not knowing everything. A life of faith in God means that as much as God loves you, He has designed this world to be a life where you coming to Him trust Him. You don't have to know everything that's going to happen. You don't have to know everything in this life that's going to work out the way that it will come to be. Although ultimately we know the promises of God and we look forward to those. And that satisfies us. But it's this life we live now. And I know for a fact that if we miss this, We'll struggle. So, how might we struggle? Well, if you miss the fact that you're not going to understand or be able to discern everything that God is doing clearly, you might question why certain things are happening to you. It's just a natural phenomenon of mankind. Why did I love the Lord? I'm giving myself to the Lord. I'm suing up. I'm stepping into the waters of faith. And now, look at what's going on. I don't understand it. And we say it in the tone and the attitude as if we are supposed to always understand it. And we're not. People lose someone that they love. They pass. And unless you're still looking to God, even though you don't understand that this person that I loved and I prayed for has gone to be with the Lord, and now what am I doing, and why did that happen, and why wasn't that person healed why 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 i want to know god says you're not going to know everything in this life that's faith faith is always looking to god even when the way is unclear and that's what paul means when he says for now i see as in a mirror dimly i only see heart There's puzzling things in life. There's unclear things in life, but I still am going to trust God. He even goes on, now I know in part, but when He comes, when Christ returns, I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. Do we realize what this passage of Scripture is saying to us? We know part of God. We have His Word. We can't truly comprehend how great and how vast He is. His ways are above our ways, but, but we know in part. And we, we love Him. We love His Son and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and, and we experience His presence in our lives, but, but here on earth, that relationship is still marred by sin. But when He comes in the clouds and when we're caught up with Him and when our bodies are changed and when the dead are resurrected and given their new body, then we will know fully. We'll know fully what? Your God. God will make himself fully and completely known to us. Can you imagine knowing God in that capacity? But that's when he returns. We see in a mirror dimly. Why is my child sick? Why did I lose my job? Why did I get diagnosed with this cancer? What's God doing? Texted back and forth with John Barnes, who was having a really a better week last week. He's off of the radiation treatments. I said, how are you feeling this morning, John? Had a bad night last night. It was a bad night. but I'm going to keep trusting God. I want to ask you a simple question. In your walk with God, are you truly understanding that your way is not always going to be clear? Yes or no? And if you understand that and answer yes will you continue to look to him always even when the way continues to be unclear until in own good time he makes a certain situation or circumstance known because if you do that is the faith that god is trying to birth into his people in greater ways, this is what Paul says in second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. For we live by faith, not by sight. Now we see in a mirror dimly, we go through our life with the Lord. Trusting Him, looking to Him, listening to Him. We don't get sidetracked by what we see or or what we hear. We just keep moving forward. You know, when you swim in murky water, once you get comfortable with it, you realize that every once in a while, you know, about every third stroke, when your head pops out of the water to take a breath, you're doing your best to look ahead at the goal to where you're going. But there are times if you aren't really comfortable in that murky water because something's got to be out here. It's it's funny the, the way people are about water they can't see things in. It's like, Oh, something touched my leg, or, or Jaws is, it got to be in this lake. No, Jaws isn't in Green Lake. You're okay. Just, uh, you know, I, I just, something's got to be in the water. And something is. You're God. And I'm sort of doing a bait and switch on you, and I'm going to tell you what that is. Because the tagline for this whole series is leaving the safety of the shore where we feel most safe and entering the uncertain waters of trusting God. But I want to tell you the safest place that you can be is in the waters of faith with God. And the most unsafe place that anyone can be is standing on the shore in their own strength. Are you in the water, swimming through the murkiness, looking towards the goal, the end, your God, the shoreline, trusting Him? I pray that you are, we live our life, we go through life trusting the invisible God that we can see. Look at this next passage of Scripture. The Hebrew writer gives his definition of faith and it's a good definition. It's not the exhaustive definition, but it's it's a definition of faith and it's good and it's biblical. Now, faith is being Confident in what we hope for. What do we hope for? What do you hope for? Well, your hopes better be based on the Word of God. We, we hope that God who promises in the Hebrew letter that He'll never leave us, that He'll never forsake us, is telling us the truth because that's His promise. What else do we hope for? We hope that Jesus is the Messiah. The Lamb of God and that His promise that Jesus is the better way, that that's a promise from God and and we're believing that and that God is going to resurrect or bring with Him those who fall asleep in the Lord, who belong and are His children. Just promise after promise after promise throughout the book of Hebrews and throughout all of Scripture. And you and I, Christians, Our faith is that we're confident in what we are hoping for because it's a promise for God and we have the assurance about things we do not see. I've not seen Jesus Christ. But I know He lives. I really do. I've not seen the Holy Spirit, but I know the Holy Spirit is in me. I know that He's coming back. And he's going to take his children home to him. I know that Abraham was looking forward to a heavenly home whose architect and builder was God. Are those the things that you are hoping for? Are those the things that you're sure of? Do you have assurance in those things even though you don't see them? Do you know that your God Loves you. Do you know that your God in your life of faith will discipline you. To get your attention. Just as parents discipline their children for their good. To get their attention to say, don't do this anymore. It's not safe. It's not good for you. It's not who we are. So God disciplines us to get our attention. And often, often, not always, but often, when things are going so badly in our lives, one thing after the other, God is trying to get your attention It doesn't matter if you're just starting in faith or if you've walked in faith a long time. We all can get off course. That's what faith is. Being certain of what we hope for and sure of what we do not see. That's faith. Let's look at an example. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, there it is again, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. You know, there's elements of faith. And right here, one of the elements of faith that you have to look in your life and go, is this a part of my faith life is? Has God spoke to me? Have, have I heard God's voice? We hear it through the Word of God. The Word of God is His truth. All Scripture is God-breathed. And God speaks out of His Word to His people and convicts hearts and draws people near to Him so that they trust and obey His Word. Noah heard the voice of God because he was warned by God of things that haven't even happened yet. Murky waters for Noah, but yet in holy fear what we see is this this inner conviction. We actually see an inner conviction, holy fear, and an outer conviction built an ark. It has been my experience that so many Christians get those two things reversed. that we 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 do things and there's not an inner conviction do you know what you get when you go through the motions in your own strength without an inner conviction from god you get a white washed tomb you get something that looks good on the outside but it's dead on the inside and this element of faith, of of inter, inner conviction and outward conviction, it's got to come in the right order. You do. Noah did because God's voice, he heard it. And he heard it within him. And out of that, he built this ark, but he did it with a holy fear and reverence. That is an example of faith. That is an example of not always seeing and not always knowing. It's not raining, God. It's it's dry. Who builds an ark in a desert? But the people of God trust and obey. The people of God know that there is no other way. people of god know that they don't have to know everything because god is calling me to it i do it because i hear his voice and that's not only noah by faith abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went Now read this with me, even though he did not know where he was going. Tell me that's not swimming in murky waters. One of the blessings that God has given to me in these triathlons really is swimming. Not that I'm the fastest swimmer. But I love water, I've got a respect for water, but it does not scare me. I am on this site, it's called the Pathetic Triathletes, it makes up of about 50,000 people, and it is hysterical to listen to people talk about having panic attacks in water Grabbing on to the buoys, grabbing on to the sea dews, yelling, raising their hands for the lifeguard. They just—they panic. They just get into the water and they panic. Well, number one, I know that that's the worst thing you can do. Do you know that most people who drown do it silently? bet you didn't know that. We, we have this picture of people drowning that they're flailing their arms and they're screaming for help. Help me, help me, help me. That's not the way it is. People hyperventilate because they have the panic attack and in the hyperventilation, they pass out and go under and drown. So you have to keep your head and every stroke in my swim, this metaphor for life life, Lord, keep me straight, keep me strong, keep me fast, keep me trusting to you, keep me looking to you, help me, Lord, give me the endurance, Father, get me out of this water. And that's the same way about life. Oh, God, help Ashley, she's got lupus. Help Jabus, Lord. He's by himself in Florida. Eli fell. Not only did he break his leg a year ago, now he's fallen and broken his arm. Oh, Lord. Ashley about cut her finger off trimming the hedges with a hedge trimmer. Lord, you know she shouldn't have a power tool in her hand. You got to be kidding, Lord. Jonathan, my son-in-law... Ashley's husband, he broke his back. I don't understand it. But I don't have to understand it. And whatever the things are in your life, you don't have to understand him, But what you have to do is keep moving forward. Keep trusting even when you can't see because there is a God that is with you in the water, in the life of faith that is drawing you to Himself. He is by you leading you to the promised land. So stand and stand strong in His mighty strength, not your own power. And wherever God calls you, go because if he's calling you it'll be okay we get to the end of Hebrews always think of this passage during celebration of life services that I officiate you know a lot of people die without faith Celebration of life services are difficult but they're more difficult if the person wasn't a believer in Christ because there's really not a lot to say. Hope you enjoyed life here on earth. Hope you did everything that you wanted to do but life's over now and now you have to stand before the God that you didn't love and respond to. But those... Those who die in faith, they were still living when they died. Still living with faith. They did not receive the things promised. Can you live faithfully to God and wait all your life, even pass from this life, before you receive the fulfillment of all of his promises to you that are to come after this life? Can you fix your eyes on Jesus? Can you look towards him? Can you move in the right direction? Can you accept that you're not going to know it all? Can you say with Job, God, even if you slay me, I'm going to trust you? They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And that was enough. Here's my definition of faith. It's not an exhaustive definition, but it's one that I take with me because I, it works for me. Always looking to God, even when the way is unclear. Always looking to God. If I lose my wife or I lose a grandson or I lose a child or whatever comes my way Lord let me stand faithful in your mighty strength and God give me the will and the desire to pick up that shield of faith that when Satan would use those events to destroy my faith, that your shield of faith will extinguish those arrows and I'll continue to honor, praise, and glorify you. That is swimming in murky waters. And I say, swim with all of your heart as you live your life trusting the Lord. Heavenly Father... We just come to you. We thank you for your word of truth. We thank you for calling to us. We thank you that we have received you. We thank you, Lord, that we have fellowship with you. And God, be with us, especially those, Lord, that are just beginning this faith journey that that don't quite uh, have a handle on how to just give it to you, to to trust you, even though they have so many questions and they're hurting, we pray, Father, that they will suit up with your spiritual garments and that you will cause them to stand strong. We thank you for the faith that you've birthed into us. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let us all stand together. And as Matt closes us in a wonderful old classic song we have prayer teams that are around the building at the back